Hello, everybody. This is Pastor Rafael Hernandez, pastor of Essence Place in Hartford, Connecticut. Welcome, everybody, and God bless you. Today, I want to talk to you about a word that the Lord gave me regarding this new year, 2023, and Essence Place. And um, I'm recording this so that those that weren't able to make it to that service last Sunday um, would be able to hear this at any time they want and um, hear what the Lord is saying. The, the messages I started actually at the beginning of, the, of this year, the first Sunday of this month, is, are titled Vision 2023. And the first um, message was It's Time to Rebuild. Um, and the messages that the Lord gave me really have three parts. The first part, which I preached the first Sunday of this month, was about rebuilding. And I stated it's time to rebuild. Um, in that sermon, we looked at Nehemiah, the book of Nehemiah, and how the Lord gave him favor in rebuilding the wall around Jerusalem that had been desolated and destroyed. I talked about how the Lord wants us to rebuild the protective walls around our hearts through prayer and fasting to prevent the enemy from having easy access to our hearts and mind. And you can... Um, you can hear that message because that's recorded as well. You can hear it on Spotify, uh, and you can hear it on the Anchor app as well. And you can hear it on Facebook where it's posted at the Essence Place Facebook page. Today, I'm going to talk with you about recasting our vision. Let's pray. Father, I pray for those that are listening to this message that you would anoint the message, that it would reach not only their minds, Lord, but their hearts, and that, Lord, you would help them to apply it in their lives. I pray, Father God, that they would understand it clearly, that you would speak to them personally, individually. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. As I said, Today, I want to talk to you about it's time to recast our vision. The title of this message today is Vision 2023, It's Time to Recast. During the time that Jesus was on this earth, fishermen would cast these large nets to catch fish. The fish represented their livelihood and well-being. In casting their nets, they departed uh, they depended on their expertise in knowing where the best fish hung out. But sometimes they, they could be out all night casting their nets in different places on the water and catch no fish. And other times they would go and catch a lot of fish. Just like in the natural realm, I believe the Lord is wanting us in 2023 to cast our spiritual nets out into the waters of faith. Spiritually speaking, the nets represent our individual spiritual visions that the Lord has given us 
for ourselves, our children, and our loved ones. And they also represent our vision for the church corporately. The first point that when I was praying about this message, the Lord gave me to give you on this particular part of this series and this message, it's time to recast. The first thing he said to me is, tell them, tell the people, don't give up on the vision that God has given you. Don't give up on the vision that God has given you for your children, for your marriage, for your job, for your future, for your healing, emotional and physical, for your loved ones, and for your ministry within the church. Don't give up on the vision that God has given you. You know, it says in John 21, 1 to 3, uh, in the context of, the, of this, you'll see that these, um, these are Jesus' disciples, and they decide to go fishing. And it says, again, John 21, verses 1 to 3, Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. This was the resurrected Jesus that appeared. And it happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat. But that night, they caught nothing. So here <clears throat> you have a group of friends. They're hanging out together. They're having a good time, most likely, right? But they're also scared they don't know what the future is going to bring. They're excited, too, because they've seen Jesus, um, and they know that Jesus is resurrected, right? And here they are. They're together. There's this mixture of feelings, maybe a little bit of fear, a little bit of excitement, and they're together. And all of a sudden, you know, Peter has this great idea. You know, Peter's always the, the one that speaks out first, isn't he? He's always the, the one that he's an action person. Maybe some of you people are that are listening are action people. You know, Jesus, I mean, uh, Peter was like that. He was an action person. And so here he is. He, he's the first one that says something. You know, maybe he broke the ice. Maybe they were all silent. Maybe they were all wondering what's going to happen next. And what does Peter say? I'm going out to fish. I'm not going to sit around here just you know, twiddling my thumbs. I'm going to do something. And the others didn't want to be left behind on this. So what did they say? Hey, we'll go with you. Let's do it together. Let's do this together. But you notice what happened here. They went out fishing, and these are expert fishermen, right? These are people, all of these folks, you know, are people that know how to fish. That's what they did for a living. Before they were following Jesus, that was their livelihood, and all night, they were fishing. And like I said before, these were not fishing with little fishing poles. And my uncle taught me how to fish with a fishing pole. But these guys were throwing nets, large nets, heavy, large nets. And they were throwing them into the different areas of the sea, 
different spots that they probably thought from past experience and from being professional fishermen, these are the spots where the fish are. And they would throw these nets out into the sea. And they did this all through the night. And guess what? Didn't matter how clever they were. Didn't matter how much knowledge they had. Didn't matter how strong they were physically. They didn't catch anything. They didn't catch anything. And sometimes, you know, as I said before, the, the casting, the, you're casting your nets, that's casting your vision. And sometimes when we cast our vision for our children, for our marriage, for our job, for our healing or the healing of a loved one, for our loved ones, and for the ministry that we have, to the ministry that God has given us within the local body, within the church. Sometimes when we cast our vision and we don't see any results, we are using all our own strength, all our own cleverness, all our own knowledge, all our own, uh, you know, uh, study, everything that, we, that we've accumulated. But yet, even with all of that, sometimes we... If we don't see any results, what happens? We get discouraged, right? You can imagine how discouraging it was for these men to be out all night, casting nets, and catch absolutely nothing. I'm sure they were exhausted and ready to throw in the towel. Man, they had used... Hey, they had used all their cleverness as professional fishermen, I believe. And I'm sure they went to all spots on the sea where they thought the fish would be, but with no results. You see, they used up all their natural strength, trying as hard as humanly possible. But how many of us know, those that have, of us that have a relationship with Jesus, is that the person that makes a difference when we go casting our vision is Jesus, right? Because he gives us his power. He it has indwelt us, and it is his strength and his power that make the difference so that we don't give up. If we're just doing it with our own knowledge base, if we're just doing casting that vision, you know, and we're doing it with the best intentions, right? But in our own strength, in our own power, we're going to be discouraged. And so were they. They caught nothing. They caught nothing. So the first thing, the first thing that the Lord told me to tell all of you is don't give up. I'm going to say it again. Don't give up on the vision that God has given you for your children, for your marriage, for your job, for your future, for your healing or the healing of a loved one, emotional and physical, for just in general, for your loved ones and for your ministry. 
your ministry, yes, within the church, within the local church, whether it's Essence Place or another church that you're attending. Now, the second thing, the second thing that the Lord said to me is, depend on the Lord and not on your own strength. We kind of touched upon that already, right? A little bit. Depend on the Lord and not on your own strength. You know, Proverbs 3, 5 to 6 says this. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Now think about that. Think about what those verses are saying. First, first thing it says is trust in the Lord, right? We're not just trusting in anybody. We're trusting in the living God. We're, trust, we're trusting in Jesus. We're trusting in the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We're trusting in the Alpha and the Omega. We're trusting in the beginning and the last. We're trusting on the lamb that was slain. We're trusting on the lion of Judah, right? We're trusting on the living God. We're trusting on the Lord. And so he says, trust in the Lord. Not just anyone, not just anything, not trusting on just myself and my knowledge and my expertise and what I know or what I don't know. Not trusting just on somebody else's knowledge, a friend, a co-worker, somebody that might be able to help us in the jam, right? Not just trusting in that, but trusting, and this is important, in the Lord. Can't leave the Lord out of it. We can't leave the Lord out of casting our nets. We can't leave the Lord out of casting our vision. Now, the second thing it says here is with all your heart. He didn't say 50% of your heart or 75% of your heart or 99.9% .9 of your heart. No, he says with all your heart, 100% of your heart. He says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. That means we got to put God first. That means that we have to guard our hearts. Remember, we talked about that. In the first uh, part of this series, we talked about rebuilding, right? And rebuilding what? Rebuilding the walls around our heart to keep the influence of the enemy out through prayer and fasting. And so we have to, what it says here is that we need to trust the Lord with all our heart. We can't just trust the Lord, you know, and then also trust some other things we have to trust the Lord with all our hearts. And if we want to trust other things, secondary, you know, as secondary things to trust, that's all right. I mean, we can trust a friend that we really, but what I'm saying is you have to trust God. You have to trust the Lord with everything, everything, 100%. Your heart has to be in it all the way. Because if it's not, if it's not, then it's going to be very difficult to cast that vision. It's going to be very difficult because you're going to try to do it in your own strength, your own power. And so 
Then it, sa- then it says, lean not on your own understanding. Lean not on your understanding means your own knowledge, your own cleverness, your own way of manipulating things. You know how we are. We men especially, I don't know about the ladies out there, but the men, we like to fix things. We like to fix things. And we want to fix it. And sometimes we do it. We try to fix it in our own power, in our own strength, in our own ability. And guess what? We learn the lesson of these disciples that went fishing. We become exhausted because we don't see the results that we're looking for. Now, listen to this. It says, lean not on your own understanding. Whose understanding am am I going to lean on? I'm going to lean on the all-knowing God, right? The one that knows everything. He's all-knowing. Did you know that? God is all-knowing. I'm going to lean on the wisdom that comes from heaven, not the wisdom that comes from earth. Do you understand that? There's a wisdom that comes from earth, and then there's a, there's a guidance and wisdom that comes from heaven. I'm going to lean on the Holy Spirit, all right? I'm going to lean on the Holy Spirit, not on my own flesh. That's very important. And then it says, in all your ways, submit to him. That means in every area of our life, every area. We like to compartmentalize things, don't we? Especially... You know, in life, this is my home, this is my church life, this is my home life, this is my job life. But God looks at everything and says, look, in every area, you need to submit to me. There's not just one specific area. You know, you're not just a Christian when you walk into the church. You're a Christian when you're out in the community. You know, you represent me. You represent me, the king of this kingdom, You represent Jesus. We represent Jesus when we're out in the community, when we're out shopping, when we're at our jobs. Whatever we're doing, we're representing the Lord. And so he says, submit to me in all the areas. Don't think, hey, there's this one area that I'm not going to submit to God on. And then he says, he'll make your path straight. And what does that mean? That means that the things that are crooked, maybe there's... Maybe, or the things that are not the, the, you know, that means that the things that aren't fitting the vision that you have, that God has given you, because this is, we're not talking about just visions that come from our own self. We're talking about God-given visions that we're casting, okay? Visions that God has given us for our children, for our marriage, for our job, for our future, for our church, for our healing and the healing of our loved ones, for our loved ones, for the community, for the neighborhood, you know, for our, 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 our job, the colleagues, the co-workers in our job. We're talking about things that God has given us, Okay. And if there's in any of those areas, like, for example, let's say your children, there's something that's crooked there. Let's say your marriage, there's something that's not right. Right? And you know it. Maybe it's in your job. Maybe you're you're anxious about the future. Jesus said, don't be anxious for nothing. Right? But you're still anxious. But what's going on is what he's saying is, hey, look, listen, submit to me. Submit to me, every area of your life. Submit every area of your life to me. Trust me with all your heart. Don't lean on your own flesh. 
Lean on me and my understanding, my wisdom, my guidance, and I will make those things straight. That vision that you have will come about. I will make those things straight. That's what he's saying. So my friends, if you have put your nets down, that means you've, you've given up on your vision. You, you've put your nets down in any of the areas I just mentioned. I believe the Lord is telling us it's time to pick them up again and recast them. It's time to recast those visions. Recast your vision in faith. Believing that Jesus will make a way even when the circumstances are telling you something differently. Did you get that? Even when the circumstances are telling you something differently. Don't look with your natural eyes, but look with your spiritual eyes and trust that the Lord will answer your prayers. You see, we cast our nets. We, we cast our nets that represent our visions as we pray fast Praise and worship and serve one another in faith and love. Getting back to the story here of John 21, reading from verses 4 to 6. John 21, 4 to 6, it says, Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore. But the disciples didn't realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, Friends, haven't you any fish? That's a rhetorical question because Jesus already knew that they had no fish. No, they answered. Verse 6, he said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Now, notice that they did not even know at this point that it was Jesus that was speaking to them. They didn't even know that it was Jesus that was speaking to them. And this amplifies this very important point. The results of the vision you cast through prayer, praise and worship, fasting, serving one another, serving the community, serving your church, are not dependent, listen, it's not dependent on you. The results are not dependent on you, but they're dependent on the power of Jesus. It's his power. But I hope you also noticed that though it's dependent on the power of Jesus, I hope you also noticed that they still had to cast the net. They were obedient to what Jesus had said, and they cast the net on the other side. The wisdom of God, right, that surpasses all human understanding. Think about it. They were casting nets all night long. They were casting nets from one side to the other side to the other side to the other side. They were looking at, they were going to different spots, casting those nets. And Jesus comes along, the wisdom of God that surpasses all human understanding, all human knowledge. And he says to them, hey, cast your nets, guys. Cast your net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. We've got to listen to what God is telling us, don't we? We've got to lean on his understanding, don't we? And it says that that made all the difference. 
when they did this, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. In other words, the net caught all these fish. If you want your the vision to manifest, right? We need to we need to depend on Jesus. The results are are not because of our cleverness, right? It's not dependent on me, but it's dependent on the power of Jesus. But they still had to cast the net. And we still need to cast our vision. It's not like we don't have a part to play. But the results and the glory belong to the Lord. Amen. So again, the second second important point here is depend on the Lord and not on your own strength. Depend on the Lord and not on your own strength. The third thing the Lord told me is this. Believe, I'm going to say that again, believe that God is good and desires to bless you and others. You know, sometimes when we get discouraged, like these men that were fishing, fishing all night, didn't catch anything. Sometimes when we get discouraged in a deep way, we stop having hope. Our hope dwindles. And we stop fully, 100% believing that God is good. That God desires to bless us. Did you know that? I'm not making this up here. First of all, I'm not making this up at all, that God is good and that he desires to bless us. you got to believe it, though. You see, and believe means faith. Faith. Even when the circumstances don't look favorable. Now, let's look at some scripture verses and see what they say about this. Well, Matthew 7 Verse 11 says, if you, this is Jesus talking, he says, if you then, through, though you are evil, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? What is he saying here? He's saying, listen, you who are, though you're evil, that doesn't mean, that what that means is that evil in comparison to God. Everybody's evil in comparison to God because God doesn't have any evil in him, right? So if you then, though you're evil, in other words, though you're human, though you're not God, if you who are a human being and in comparison to God, evil, you know how to give good gifts to your children, How much more will your father, your heavenly father in heaven, give good gifts to those who ask him? Now, the question is, are we asking him? Are we praying, in other words? What does ask mean? It means prayer. I said part of casting that net, part of casting that vision is through prayer and fasting and worship and praise. And so are we asking or are we just not asking? Because we've been so discouraged. Because we're looking with our natural eyes at the circumstances and not with our spiritual eyes. And we've started to believe the lie that the enemy tells us, hey, God really isn't good. 
Because if God was good, hey, you would have had this by now, right? That vision would have manifested by now. No, God says, believe. Believe that God is good and desires to bless you and others around you. And then let's look at Psalm 18, 32 to 33. It says this. It is God who arms me with strength and keeps my way secure. This is Psalm 18, 32 to 33. It is God who arms me with strength and keeps my way secure. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He causes me to stand on the heights. Who's the one that... Arms, who's, who's the one that gives me supernatural strength? Not my own strength. Who's the one that loves me so much, cares about me so much that he arms me with his strength, with his power? It's God. Who's the one that keeps me secure, secure from my enemies, secure from uh, me falling down, slipping in some way with my faith? Who's the one that helps me with that? It's God. It says he makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He causes me to stand on the heights. Now, deer have special feet, right? That can, they can, and and, and really, so do, I think, goats and things. You know, they have certain types of feet that make it easy for them to go up mountains and up to heights without slipping, Without falling. And that's what he's saying. He says, hey, I want to take you to the heights. I want to take you to the top. I don't want you to see that your vision is fulfilled. That it's going to come about. And, and I'm going to take you up there. And your problems, your situations are below you. You are with me up in heavenly places. The word of God says. He wants to take us there. That, does that sound like a bad God? A mean God? No, that's a good God. A good God that desires to bless us and others around us. Now, let's turn back to John 21, verses 4 to 6. And just to highlight this part. See how good God is here? Look at this. Jesus says in verse 6, Throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Now, think about that. Jesus could have, they could have just had a normal number of fish that they caught with the net. That's not what this uh, scripture verse is saying. When they were obedient, when they submitted to God, they were unable to haul the net in. The net was so heavy with fish, it was almost breaking, okay? Because of the large number of fish. It's talking about overabundance. More than they asked for. More than they could have imagined. Is what this is talking about. And that's what God gave them. He's good. Believe that God is good and desires to bless you and others. When you're casting that vision. When you're casting the vision in the, all the areas that we mentioned, when you're casting it, when you're praying, when you're fasting, when you're praising and worshiping him, when you're serving, 
in your ministry at the church, whatever you're doing for the Lord, listen, when you're casting that vision, you got to believe God's good. God is good. And he desires to bless me and others around me. Now, folks, the three things that I've mentioned so far, the three points, very important points is, number one, don't give up on the vision that God has given you. Number two, depend on the Lord and not on your own strength. And number three, believe that God is good and desires to bless you and others. In conclusion, and I want to conclude with this, I want to conclude with just reading a couple of verses and then talking about them briefly. Because these verses are going to talk about what's the role of the corporate church? What's the role of the body of Christ together, us as a church? What, In other words, what's the role of, if we want to just be very specific here, what's the role of Essence Place? Well, what's the role of any any church? But really, in our in this case, Essence Place. Because this is a specific word, too, for this church. Matthew 22, 37 to 40, it says this. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So the first thing that the church, the church has a very specific vision to cast as a church. Essence Place has a very specific vision to cast as a church. First of all, the people need to know that we love God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, with every part of us. We need to be focused on loving God above everything else. In other words, idols have to be smashed. Anything that comes in front of my uh, love for God, anything, any addiction, or any other thing, any other idol, whatever it may be, has to be, has to be, has to be destroyed. Has to come secondary, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, whatever. But God has to be first in my life. I'm speaking to myself here too. I'm not above temptation. Right? And in your life, love the Lord your God with all your heart. Again, all your heart. Talked about that already. Soul and your mind. With every part of you. And then verse 38, this is the fi- this is the first of grace commandment. And then verse 39 says, and the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Love one another. Right. But this is this is not talking about love one another necessarily in the context of brothers and sisters in the church, because it says love your neighbor as yourself. He expands it a little bit farther than that. And what he's basically saying is love those in your community. Love those in your community, in your surrounding. What are we doing as a church to manifest the love of God? How are we serving the community like Jesus would serve the community in manifesting the love of God into this community that essence place is placed in? You see, we've got to do that. We've got to touch 
the lives that are out there. Because that's part of casting the vision that God has for Essence Place. Then, um, he says, all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Let's look at John 13, 34. It says this, a new command, command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you so much, so you must love one another. Interesting, the first, uh, Matthew 22, 37, 40, those two commandments, what does he say? Love your neighbor as yourself. In other words, you don't, hopefully you don't hate yourself, right? He's saying, love your neighbor as yourself. Can you do, can we do that? Can we love our neighbor as we love ourselves? We don't usually want to hurt ourselves. We don't usually want to destroy ourselves. We don't usually want to be angry with ourselves. You know, we don't do that, right? Because we know that it's hurtful. He's saying, love your neighbor. Love those around us as much as you love yourself. But this, this other command, the one that he gives in John, oh my goodness, this one says, this one goes a little bit farther because it says, a new command I give you, a new. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. And how has Jesus loved us? Self-sacrificing, right? He went to the cross. He died for us. He died for our sins. He took upon the sins of humanity because he, because he was obedient to the Father because he loved us. And Father God loves, loves us. A horrendous death. Self-sacrificing love is what this is talking about. And it's talking about in the context of what does this say? It says, love one another. So this is not just, this is talking about one another, meaning each other in, in our brothers and sisters. Do we love one another the way that Jesus loved us? Do we love one another the way, that self-sacrificing way, that putting the interests of the other first way before our own interests, that Jesus, the way that Jesus loved us? Finally, I want to read um, Matthew 5, 43 to 44. It says, you've heard that it was said, and this is Matthew 5, 5, 43 to 44. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Now he takes it even a higher bar. You've heard it said, love your neighbor and love your and hate your enemy, right? That's a very natural thing to do, right? Hey, I love my neighbor, but I don't hate my neighbor who's my enemy. But what does Jesus say? Hey, he takes it a different, he takes it a notch up. He says, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Love. Did he say, did he use the word love and enemy in the same sentence? Yes, he did, folks. Love your enemy. Love your, that's plural, love your enemies. I think I could say I have probably more than one enemy. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Hmm. How can we do this? Comes back again to fully submitting to God. Comes back again to putting him first in our life. Comes back again to having a commitment of prayer, fasting, praise, worship, and serving. 
And that's how we cast the net. That's how we cast the net for Essence Place out, out into the community, out into the community, outside the church and within the church. That's how we cast that net. That's how we cast the vision of what Essence Place is all about. So the body of Christ has a very specific vision to love God and to love others. We must cast this vision together. But we cannot cast this vision together as a church unless we are dependent on the power of the Holy Spirit. We cannot cast this vision unless we're willing to get out of our comfort zones, pick up the nets together and recast them through prayer, fasting, praise and worship, and serving one another in love within this local body. We cannot do it in our own power, in our own strength. Forget it. We need the Holy Spirit. Folks, we must never forget and always remember not to give up, but to trust the Lord and believe that he is good and desires to bless us and others around us. So, church, those that are listening to me, that are part of this church, I'm going out to fish. I'm going fishing. I'm going to cast that net. I'm going fishing. I'm going to cast that vision. I'm going fishing. Will you join me? Will you go with me? Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this message that you have given me. And I pray, Father God, that it has blessed those that have heard it. I also pray, Father God, that it do the work in their hearts, Father God. Father God, that um, that you would speak to them personally about what this message is speaking to them about. And I pray, Father God, that we're going to see the fruit of it, Lord, that we're going to see changes and transformation. And we're not going to be the same as we were before. Not because of something that I, not because of me, not because of a man, but because, God, this is the word that you gave me. This came from you. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you all. I hope um, that this has blessed you. And um, I will probably record another one of these next the next time. Thank you very much. God bless.